أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome all you listening to Rahil Hamza and Shafiq Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Verbal Outpost where we like to have an informal conversation about real topics and we'd also like you to take part so make sure you do leave us a comment or drop us an email on verbaloutpost at outlaw.com with your thoughts and comments Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Ya ayyuhalladhin amanu kutiba alaykum usiyamu kama kutiba ala alladhin min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon O believers, fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for you, those before you so perhaps you will become mindful of Allah so as we're recording this week's session, um, we're at the foot of 10 days. I think this is the start of the 10 days actually, isn't it? But once it is, we're going to be pretty much towards the end of Ramadan. Um, and there's going to be a variation of what people have been doing. Some of us will have been pretty engaged in Ibadah and worships since the month started. Um, some of us might have had a bit of a late start. But you know, getting into the spirits of it now, um, some might have not even gotten to that point yet. They might still be lagging behind for for whatever reason. Um, you know, and I don't mean they're not doing anything. You know, but pretty much beyond fasting and maybe some tarawih or something like that, not much else is going on. Um, so on that note, how, how's Ramadan been going for you guys? Because obviously we've gone two thirds in now. How have you guys found the month? Obviously, it's not our normal circumstances. Um, we've got COVID going on, lockdown, which has slightly eased recently, but there is social distancing and um, regulation in place. How have you guys found it all? Um, well, um, it's been different. It's I, I miss it, to be honest. I miss how it used to be before COVID. I feel like since then, since COVID has started, I've been a lot more reluctant to go to the masjid just out of concern about catching anything alhamdulillah my family me personally me my wife my kids we haven't caught anything um but i know a lot of people that have and i think that's always sort of sitting on the back of my mind that look i need to make sure i continue to play it safe you know i don't want to be in a situation where either me or my kids end up in the hospital you know uh, maybe uh, the nhs are probably a lot more prepared for it now but Mm. doesn't mean I should be taking any chances you know I'm still following all the guidelines and you know if I can be extra cautious I will be um I just feel like that's probably the safest bet and it's not like the COVID situation's calmed down you know with the whole virus spreading in India at the moment and so many people are very dying now, yeah yeah that's right so my worry now is okay it's affecting the uh, Indian subcontinent you know and that community there which we're a part of you know, Pakistan's next door and Bangladesh is on the other side. You know what I mean? Mm. Eventually, someone from that community could be affected in this country and bring it here. And that worry is always going to be playing on the back of my mind. So, I mean, Ramadan mm. is just, it is a case of, oh, you're spending a lot more time at home, praying at home, and it's not enough time in the masjid. And that's what I miss the most, I guess. 
do you think that has played on the amount of worship or ibadah or whatever goals you might set for yourself? Do you think that's impacted what you might normally do? No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, being at yeah. home, unfortunately, you have so many distractions. I, mean, I When I'm at the mushroom, I'm just at peace and, mm. you know, and I feel like I'm a lot more focused uh, when it comes to Ibadah. But at home, it's, it's a lot more, diff- I find it a lot more difficult to concentrate and focus. Um, so I'm not always hitting the targets that I want to and be, um, being a bit lazy here and there. You know, it's hard to push yourself and motivate yourself sometimes, you know, being in, uh, being around other people who are praying, reading Quran, you know, that helps. And unfortunately, mm. I don't have that. Hamza, how about yourself? It's definitely been different. It's gone fast, very yeah. fast, very quickly. Mm. So that's been the same as almost every previous year. But you know how everybody talks about the new normal? I feel like Ramadan's kind of gone through a similar thing where yeah. there's a new normal. And I feel like last year, there's a big shock to the system. I think this year, things aren't exactly what they were back in the day. So it is different this time around. I found congregational worship to be much more difficult to do this time mm. around. Can you believe just one year? One year with no congregational worship has made that much of a difference. Yeah. And things, things like doing iftar as well. So it's not like there were masses of people doing iftar. I, I, I don't know whether you guys remember back in back when Ramadan was in winter, there'd be an iftar at somebody's house every other day because it was about five, six, six o'clock in the evening or seven o'clock. Even so as early as four. Yeah, yeah, back in winter, yeah. in the winter days. So yeah, that's a very good time to invite people around for a late lunch, for dinner, whereas. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the summer timings of Ramadan that made it a bit more difficult and I feel like this year as well it's just been a case of dropping food around um, with people in fact right after mm. we finish recording I need to go and collect some food from the leaders <laughs> so, I need to go drop some food I'm, off to family members is it? You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where normally we'd be eating at their house you know yeah. either they'd be yeah. coming over to ours or we'd be going over to theirs but unfortunately that's not the case so I guess the silver lining is that a lot of people, a lot of people within the community have tried to make the best of quite a bad situation because everyone's still dropping food food off at each other's houses, which is very nice, but just not mm. going around and doing iftar. So it's different, but... You mentioned the, the new norm. Do you think, you know, post-COVID, I guess, um, do you think things will go back to the way they were in the masjid do you know what i've got no idea however however because the fast times are getting sooner and sooner Mm. i reckon when it hits around you know when the clocks go forward so i mean once it goes before the clocks shift to british summertime which is end of march isn't it last last end end of march March? something like that yeah yeah Yeah. so i think once Ramadan, which will probably be in a couple of years or next couple of years, year. yeah. A couple of years. Yeah. So I think when that starts happening, if that time will be a lot sooner, um, and hopefully, hopefully, then there's more time to do Tarawi at the mosque and go together. There's a bit more time in the evening just to do mm. worship and do things collectively, congregationally. So hoping if things don't go back to normal next year, um, 
you know, they do in about three, four years' time. Yeah. Time sooner. I mean, I was speaking to somebody just, just last week, I think it was, and was talking about, you know, how it became a bit weird um, praying a congregation for like Juma with that distance between you and the next person rather than the normal shoulder to shoulder um, aspect. Um, and he was like, oh, I've gotten used to it. I kind of like my space now. <laughs> Do you think that yeah. that's what people will be doing moving forward where, oh, I like my space, let's stick to distancing? Or... I'm... Well, I mean, you know, Islamically, I'm not sure we can. <laughs> I'm not sure we can. There's a reason we stand shoulder to shoulder. But yep. it is going to be a bit of a shock to the system when we do start doing that again. And no mm. doubt there's going to be some people that may want to be extra cautious or may have liked that and may be a bit... Um, some reluctance, weren't awkward. there? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we were speaking before about sort of mental health and stuff like that. And I feel like that has a part to play for me. I get a bit of anxiety, you know, going to the masjid, thinking about it, being around people. When I see people without their masks on and, you know, as soon as the prayer is finished, people are out, they're mingling, they're, they're not keeping any distance, they're not wearing masks. Yeah, they might be outside, but they're not, you know, keep, keeping social distancing or anything. And I'm like, oh. Okay, you know these guys. Everyone's just being too casual about it. You know, this is still there's still a well, I don't know, a threat, um, mm. if you want to call it. So you gotta still play it safe. But I think I, I honestly think people have just gotten a bit sick of it, and they just they just want to go back to how it was. And it's a shame, really, because Allah knows, you know, who might get affected mm. because you've relaxed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if we put the social distancing. In- idea in place then in theory not everybody can go to the masjid anyway but at least on paper i guess you could transfer that same level of ibadah to home but as you mentioned shafiq it's not the same not for brothers anyway. isn't yeah. It? yeah not for brothers anyway i mean for sisters they might be used to um praying at home i know that, uh, some masjid they do have tarawi for sisters um i'm guessing that's mm. not the case uh, anymore um, since COVID um, I think most masjids are just accommodating the brothers at the moment just because of social distancing they don't they don't have the space for sisters but I mean actually yeah I didn't even really think about that I thought oh, some sisters might be missing Tarawi as well because it mm. used to be a family thing isn't it I used to see a yeah. lot of families going to the masjid together you know with kids and husbands wives sisters you know and they're all praying in the masjid at the same time so it must have had an impact on those families as well Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously it's been a very different Ramadan, uh, but now that we're heading into the last segment, you know, the last 10 days, have you guys got any plans to kind of maybe try and notch it up a gear again or get back on track or anything like that? Um, yeah, the obvious answer is yes, of course. <laughs> Is the obvious answer is what anybody would probably say on radio. Um, but I mean, yeah, not, not, it, normally it, people would be thinking about itikaf, wouldn't they? At this around this point, but again, it's a very different environment. I think some massages are doing it. So I'm not. Some probably aren't. Yeah, the local masjid I go to, and well, I go for Jumma anyway. Um, they announced that they are doing a thicker so i'm guessing they're going to have some rules and whatnot in place but i mean 
I personally don't think any mustard should be doing a thick off. I feel like that's a bit a bit dangerous, really. I think, yeah, it's different when you're doing sort of the prayers, but when you start having people staying over at the masjid. Um, because, I mean, all three of us, we've all done it the calf at some point um, in our life, and we know what it can be like. And not everyone, I don't know about you guys, I remember it being quite a social thing, even though, yeah, there's a lot of personal, you know, worship and, you know, you go and do that. But there are times in between where you're sitting around, you're mingling, you're, you're speaking to other brothers, and maybe that's not what it should be about, but it happens. But there are a couple of things on that. People are going to be inside the mosque. Well, most people are going to be doing the full 10 days when they are. That's effectively isolation. As long as you maintain distancing, there is a degree of isolation um, that we would typically go through when, yeah, if we catch COVID or have been exposed to somebody um, and secondly it's mainly an older demographic of people that would will be doing it the calf and most of them have been vaccinated as well so the risk element um, kind of reduces compared to a mosque not that it does happen but you know if it was a mosque or church or synagogue or temple where 200 different people from different houses coming together into one building praying together and then leaving immediately after is very different you say that but then my concern would be those people that are doing it the calf and yeah they're isolated but if obviously one of them catches anything um they're still going to be praying in jamaat for tarawi and the other prayers so they'll be in contact potentially with other people from outside the masjid no so i understand that but what i'm saying is that if they maintain distancing within the mosque, which I'm sure they are, no doubt, um, it, it's not as risky as I would say probably a Jumma, where you've got people who have very different lifestyles who don't know each other from Adam to a certain extent, or each other from Abdullah mm. uh, coming together and um, yeah, you know, potentially transferring the illness. Yeah, and I guess like you say, if they've if they've got their own allocated space, as it were, uh, and you know, when it comes to things like Tarawi and Salah, they st remain in that area rather than joining the front row. Then that's further enhancing that distance element, isn't it? So I mean, I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying it's foolproof. I'm not saying that people are no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm just saying in in terms of a you know, level of risk exposure compared to Jumma. Mm. I would say the calf probably has less risk compared to Juma. I guess for ten days and not for you know an hour at Juma time, but in terms of the actual exposure to risk, I'd, I'd say it's less. Mm. I don't know. I, th I think I feel like you're just putting yourself in a situation which you don't need to be in at the moment. With me, I mean, this is my, my personal thoughts on it. Is look, if it's something you feel like you have to do, do it. Like for Juma, I'm feeling compelled to go to Juma because you know it's more of an obligation on us to be in the masjid to pray Juma. However, with the other prayers, you can pray them at home. Do you see what I mean? And I feel like itikaf is one of those as well, where you don't have to do itikaf right now. It's not forced upon you to do it. So should you be taking that chance? I mean, with me, I, I'm an, a very cautious person. So that's why I'm, I'd like to go, to be honest. I, I do miss doing it to cover. I would never, I, I don't think, I'm not in a position to do the 10 days or anything like that. And it's been a few years since, you know, I've done that. But I used to mm -hmm. go and do a few hours here and there, maybe a day, one night. 
that sort of thing. I used to enjoy doing that and that would help. Um, so I am going to sort of scope the mustard and see see what's happening, see uh, um, if it is crowded or hopefully not too crowded. I might spend a bit of time in there, inshallah. 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 Now, obviously, with, with it being the last 10 days, um, one thing we might see at this point is people might have burned out because of perhaps overcommitting and whatnot, um, or just general fatigue, you know, because fasting for 20 days by this point can be quite difficult for a lot of people. Um, but what, what advice, you know, if somebody came to you and said, I'm struggling right now, what, what advice would you give them to give them maybe a bit of a boost? I think we've spoken about this before, haven't we? Um, it depends on the person, to be honest. If the person's sort of new to prayer, um, they're pushing themselves, I'll just tell them, look, you know, just continue to focus on the fire of the prayers. You know, if that's something you've just recently started, just focus on those. You do, that's the part you don't want to get sort of lazy on because you're spending so much time doing your night prayers. Um, maybe you're doing tahajjud and whatnot, but then you end up for some reason missing one of the fire of the prayers. I'd say, look, that doesn't really quite work out does it you need to just mm. focus on what the habits that you picked up the good ones if it's the five daily prayers focus on those and if you can squeeze in um tahajjud which is obviously one of the uh, prayers that's recommended during the last 10 nights especially on the odd nights um you go for that and charity as well you know a lot of people they use the last 10 nights you know every day they'll donate a bit of money yeah Brilliant. I mean, obviously, we've uh, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago we talked about moon sighting wars, as it were. <laughs> um, that was in the context of, of the start of Ramadan, but it happens again at the end of Ramadan, doesn't it, for, for the month of Shawwal and Eid? Um, so I guess the same kind of advice would come into that as well. You know, try and not get into that argument. Have a, have a reasonable discussion if you want to, but appreciate that there is a difference of opinion is there anything else you would mention around that if somebody came to you about why are you doing Eid on a different day and that kind of typical conversation i'm kind of hoping people have moved on from that they're a bit more mature islamically and just from a dunya perspective as well and that appreciate that there are going to be differences it's weird, you know that. I mean, I mean, all these things that I saw when I was a lot younger, I don't really see now. I don't know whether that's because I've just aged a bit or whether everybody else has also matured as well. I hope it's the latter. I hope people just aren't like that. But it, you know, just some of the funny stories that we've talked about before and just some of the crazy things that have happened when we we're younger. I would agree. I mean, I would agree. I'd say I don't really notice it as much anymore. Um, when you're younger, you, I don't know if it's just because of the sort of people that you're exposed to when you're younger. And, you know, as people get older, they get a bit more mature, as you said. So I don't know. But yeah, it's definitely, I definitely don't see it as an issue anymore so much within our community. It's talked about, like, you know, but not in that way, whereas people are a bit petty and putting people down. I, I remember when, I remember, oh gosh, it's about 15, 20, probably about, I'm showing my age now. It must have been about 20, about 18 years ago. About 18 years ago. 
So it happens and, we're all about the same age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, we've told everybody anyway. So, so, so around 15, 20 years ago, uh, I went to pray Eid Salah, and there were three guys standing outside the mosque giving leaflets, which, I mean, you see day in, day out anyway. But these guys were causing a bit of commotion at the mosque. And they were giving out leaflets on why we were completely wrong for doing Eid on the wrong day. And yeah, they were they were rabble rousing is what they were doing. So there was a bit of conflict, a bit of tension. And I remember just thinking at the time, gosh, how man, as Muslims are crazy. <laughs> we are we're a, <laughs> we're a crazy bunch. And then they walked off, and I just remember one of one of them had like gold teeth and everything, and chains, and yeah, he <laughs> looked like he'd be doing something completely different on Eve Day. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, don't Let's judge not a book. stereotype, eh? Let's I, not stereotype. I, I, I know, don't, don't judge a book by its cover and everything. But I remember him saying as he was walking away, saying that look, if Eve is not tomorrow, I'm not Muslim. There you go. So that's the sort of craziness that I used to see when I was around 18 years old. Just just, just, just strange, ajeeb stuff that you would see from people. So I've not seen that in recent years. Maybe it still happens or I don't know. Maybe I don't know what it is. I, I, I hope that stuff just doesn't happen anymore. I think the Muslim community has just changed from, I don't know, when I was younger, I just felt like, Muslims were a lot more in your face about everything and I think now everyone's become a bit more secluded you know they're doing their own personal studies at home you know they're not going to talks as much they're not going to circles as much the way it used to be 10 20 years ago whereas now everyone's sort of doing their own personal studies you know they're doing their stuff online there's so many courses that you can do online now YouTube you can just Mm. listen to a talk on YouTube now you don't have to go to um, the local masjid or some event anymore you all these speakers they're all readily available online so i think a lot of people they just i think that's maybe part of the reason why you don't see it as much because people are just doing sort of their own self-studies you know they're learning what they're learning they may discuss it amongst close friends and family but they're not out there on the streets anymore the way it used to be you know especially with like dao organizations they used to be a lot more in your face and whatnot i hardly see it yeah i mean i can't say i've seen that you know any kind of example like what you mentioned Hamza but uh, if you think about it logically surely I mean the, the people follow the masjid don't they let's be let's be honest um if you want to try and make a change of opinion as it were you want to go for the people that are making that decision rather than the people at the bottom level do, do you know I've got some stories honestly <laughs> I've got some stories from stuff that I've seen honestly um but 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 yeah, I, I I really hope people have just moved on beyond beyond that, and I just hope there's less nutter Muslims compared to what, twenty years ago, and people are just a bit more sensible now. It could be a case. Of, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be a case. As I said, it's probably all just moved online. We're probably not in mm. there. You know, on Instagram, Facebook, there's probably keyboard warriors. They're having their little battles and discussions. <laughs> Do you know what? That is a cracking point because you go into YouTube and I've seen all those same nutter Muslims now on YouTube. Do you know that? Yes, Chef. Yeah, I completely the, agree. Trust me, as I said, Chef. everything's gone online. They're all sitting at home in front of their um, phone cameras and whatnot, recording themselves, talking about their opinions and how it's all messed up and stuff, and just posting it online. That, that, that's used the to be, new. Used to be speakers' corner now. It's uh, 
speaker's platform on, on the web, isn't it? <laughs> From the comfort of your own home. <laughs> well, we've been talking um, a lot about Ramadan, or the last part of Ramadan, um, and we're about to head into the conclusion of the first part. So do join us back for the second part, where we'll be continuing this discussion and talking about Eid and what happens after Eid. See you on the other side. Assalamu alaikum.